This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. This is Craig WK, and with me is my pal, The Glitch. Hey everybody, this is Glitch. Hey, Glitch. How's everything going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. I feel like uh, me and you have been been on a long string of episodes <laughs> lately, but uh, hopefully that's a good thing. Uh, all of our listeners are welcome. <laughs> so what do we got today, Glitch? Uh, we're doing Star Tropics for the NES. Yeah, so Star Tropics. Uh, uh, it's, honestly, it's a game that I thought, like, I... For a while, I wasn't bringing it up a lot because I thought it was already done. Because I was like, why wouldn't we have done Star Tropics? It's a great game. And then I was looking through everything. I was like... Oh, oh wow, no, yeah, we haven't done this one at all. Uh, Star Tropics was a game released by Nintendo uh, on December 1st of 1994, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And this action-adventure game stars Mike Jones, star pitcher, as he searches islands in the South Seas for his archaeologist uncle who has disappeared. Yeah, Dr. Jones is what the islanders call him. No time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> and this was only released in North America. This was And uh, Europe. And Europe, yeah. But yep. not in Japan. Not in Japan. Yep. Uh, so before we delve too much into the, the gameplay side of things, I do have a little bit of a history there. Uh, director Genyo Takeda knew the American market was growing and Nintendo needed to put some focus on that region instead of just like porting games over, you know, uh, like porting over these Japanese games. Uh, so, yeah, there was no Japanese release and the game kind of is I don't know if you want to say it's pandering to America or it's tailor-made for no, America. I, I agree. And it, it kind of has like, if for those who played Earthbound, it kind of has like that more modern feel yeah. to an adventure game. It is. It's I, It's funny you say that because that's what Star Tropics reminds me of. It's a Japanese game made by Japanese people, but like with the American like, like lifestyle and like mindset, because yeah. like there's so many references in like American, all American things. Like, uh, Mike is a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, there's like the Indiana Jones references with the fact that like his uncle's an archeologist and stuff. Uh, to top it off, all the like Island and town names end in cola. Oh yeah. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> they all end in cola. And one of the codes in the game uses the year 1776. Nice. God bless America. Uh, so I, I do have the manual with me Ooh. and it kind of gives like a, the story of, of uh, Mike Jones, which is the main character. Uh-huh. Hi, my name is Michael Jones, <clears throat> but my friends call me Mike. I'm 15 years old and I live in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of my uncle Steve? 
Well, most people don't call him that. They call him Dr. Jones. He is a very famous archaeologist who is looking for some runes in the Coral Sea. I've never actually met him, but last week I received a letter from him inviting me to stay with him in his laboratory on Sea Island. I leave tomorrow Mm -hmm. in a helicopter. I bet I won't be able to sleep tonight. Well, good night. And then it says, please read the letter from Dr. Jones uh, uh, in the booklet. So, like, there's an insert. Oh, uh, what's uh, what's up with that insert? And it's the letter. So from his uncle, let me open it here. So I, I mean, this is this is the book that I had growing up. <laughs> like, this awesome. is the same book with the same letter, and I, I remember the letter being in there. Uh, Dear Mike, I am sorry I didn't write you sooner, but I just returned from a long voyage in the islands in search of lost runes and artifacts. I am very pleased to find your letter upon my return. Boy, time sure does fly by. Last time I saw you, you were just starting school, and now, 15 years old, an honor student and captain of your high school baseball team. I think it's a great idea that you visit me during your vacation. I am sure that you will enjoy the tropical islands, the blue water, and the friendly people you'll find living under the uh, Southern Cross, which uh, they explain later the Southern Cross is like a constellation. Yeah, the Southern sky. Cross is a real-life constellation. Yep. Uh, you, will even, uh, you can even take a cruise in my super submarine, Subsea. <laughs> I have enclosed some pictures and a map of the Sea Island for you. Hope to see you soon. And give my regards to your family. Sincerely, Uncle Steve. And then, like, in the manual, it shows, like, some pictures that were supposed to be, like, this is what came along in the letter. Oh, that's great. So, uh, uh, interesting side note as well. Uh, uh, so, you, we mentioned that Mike is from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo would eventually own majority uh, majority of the baseball team, the Seattle Mariners, in 1992. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure Nintendo had... Uh, already some stock in Seattle at that time. I don't know if they had like a uh, uh, one of their like you know like you know corporate offices there or not. Hmm. But at the very least, yeah, Nintendo would go on to own a part of uh, a majority of the Seattle Mariners <laughs> in 1992. A few years after this, that's crazy. I uh, but I uh, yeah. So as far as that goes, it's the the game is very very heavy on like all the American you know Americana if you will. Uh, and and you know you covered the the plot pretty well there, uh, which we'll kind of delve more into as yeah. we're going here. But uh, but let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Uh, so it's kind of like Legend of Zelda, sort of. So I kind of wrote it as like a uh, it's a mix of Legend of Zelda. So like you have heart potions, you have to defeat certain enemies in a room to to unlock the doors. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, each cave has a boss battle, but it's kind of mixed with like a Final Fantasy view. So the original Final Fantasy for NES, it has like that overworld where you're walking the town to yeah. town, and then uh, meets Cubert. I feel like <laughs> the way you got to jump on these platforms, it has like a Cubert feel. It kind of does. Uh, so uh, the the and and it's funny in my notes, I I only have it referenced as Legend of Zelda with tank controls. Yeah, the controls are a little funky. Yeah, so so let's kind of, uh, but honestly, it works for the game. It, it it it's really weird, and once you first start playing it, you're gonna hate it. Because I know I did when I first played Star Tropics. I was like, this is dumb, this is stupid. Why would it? Why would they make it this way? But all the puzzles are designed around this like kind of mechanic. So Mike moves in a direction, of course, and when you turn, he doesn't immediately start moving in that direction. You kind of look in that direction, and then you have to press, you know, press the button to keep moving. It's kind of like he's walking on ice. Only so he's, like, yeah, it, there's so no like, slipping, he's just very careful so about like it. So you can push forward like slightly, just tap on the up button. He doesn't move up. He just runs in place on the same square. Yeah. And then like as you're coming to a stop, he'll actually like sometimes slide in extra space. It, it, it's a little, the controls aren't 
perfect for sure. Uh, so, but the way the 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 platforming and stuff works is Mike can jump. Unlike, you know, uh, Link can in Legend of Zelda. And so you can either jump in place and avoid uh, enemy projectiles and yeah. stuff, or uh, you can jump onto platforms. And a lot of the, uh, because it's so grid based, uh, all the platforms are the perfect amount of distance. So it's not like you have to worry about like, like angling your jumps like it's a platformer. You just sort of jump in that direction. And so long as there's a platform there, you land on the platform. Which they'll actually change in the second game. So in the second game, yeah. you can like jump on angles and you kind of have to steer yourself. Honestly, I, I have some beefs with the second Star Tropics, which we'll save that for Star Tropics 2 when we eventually get to that. Because I, 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 I do have some qualms about the fact that it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know how like the mechanics of this game really fit the jumps? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really that was one thing I really <laughs> like. Nope, now you can just fly wherever. Well, watch out for that pit. You know those things you loved? Yeah, we, we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, they, the things that needed improvement, they didn't improve. They somehow made a <laughs> a little worse. I don't know. It's weird. But I uh, so you know in uh, Star Tropics too. We we talked about all the 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 modernness in Americana. I uh, but it's also like a dungeon crawler. But the way you get that modern feel is that Mike doesn't use a sword. He uses a yo-yo, uh, which. It's funny because in the original version, it's called a yo-yo. But in uh, when they've reported it, it became the Island Star because yo-yo yeah. is trademarked. Oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, they changed it to Island Star. But in the manual, they say yo-yo. They do. In the original yeah. yo-yo, or the original, in the original yo-yo, in the original manual, and in the original game, it is called yo-yo. Because at that time, it wasn't trademarked, at least not in America. Uh, yeah, the, the you, when you get to the island, the tribe leader's like, here, take this shooting star with you. And it's clearly <laughs> a yo-yo. Uh, so, so Mike Jones, which honestly, like, in, it, it sounds kind of goofy, but like, I guess technically, what's the best weapon you could give a pitcher? A ball that keeps coming back to you. And that's essentially what the yo-yo is, uh -huh. right? He, uh, he does get baseballs later. Yeah, you can eventually throw baseballs. You get a baseball bat, which uh -huh. is a powerful weapon. Uh, you also get, like, ninja throwing stars. Yeah, you get a ton of stuff. You get, like, these spiked shoes. Oh, yeah. Which were the best in the game because what it would do is you'd use them and then it would hit every enemy on the screen once. That's sweet. And then bring you back to the spot you used to that, which is the speedrunners use that, that move a ton. Oh, to slick. Yeah. Slick. I... Uh, but so uh, to add a little bit more to the gameplay, the platforming, like you said, it was puzzle based. And how that worked was the squares that you would jump on, like mm -hmm. you, you'd, you'd jump over like a you know square river, a square of, of water. And on some blocks, it would have like a secret platform, like a yeah. press plate. And then it would open up a, a button that you had to jump on on another part of the map. And then that's how you unlock doors. That's how you unlocked treasure chests. Mm -hmm. So they kind of worked that into the game where you you go into a room where there's all these blocks and you're like, man, I probably want to try and step on all of these to see if there's some <laughs> yeah. type of press plate to unlock something. And it's, and, and, you know, in the very first dungeon, it's all pretty simple stuff. And it eventually starts getting a little trickier with like platforms that like vanish and come back. And, yep. you know, like you eventually go through like volcano, like lava, like lava pits and stuff like that. And, you know, it's uh, becomes a little bit more deadly. And what's interesting is. I, I don't know if they were pulling from like old timey Dungeons and Dragons or not, but there are some instant death pits and traps in this game that are really frustrating that you would never know until you get hit by it. Oh, yeah. In the first dungeon, there's one. It's, yeah. It trolls you. So uh, so like I said, you, you unlock these these rooms by stepping on certain platforms. 
So you get to this room where there's like two doors and you can open up the two doors. But uh, if you go to the top, mm-hmm. it like breaks through the wall and there's like a secret room. You find that through jumping on one of the platforms that kind of off to the side. So you go into that room and then it kind of leads you into another set of rooms where there's this potion and you're like, yeah. oh, cool. There's this potion. You grab the potion and then you're like, oh, I'll step on all the blocks. You step on all the blocks. You find another one. Oh, yeah. And at that point, you're an, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, it leads you to another room with more potions. And you're like, okay, I'm on to something. This must be like a secret area. So you jump on all those squares, opens up another room. Yeah. So you go into that room. It's a pit. It's just a, a, just a, a, a pool of water with like skulls yeah. floating in it. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what liquid this is where skulls are floating in it, but I don't like it. And the death animation is you as an angel like floating <laughs> into the sky. Yeah. Uh, angels in the outfield. Uh, something we didn't mention about the gameplay, mm-hmm. it, it has two different views. So there's an overworld view, which, I, you know, I said it's kind of like Final Fantasy. Your character walking around, yeah. chatting with people, going into villages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, entering caves. But when you enter these caves, it changes the style. I mean, it's still a top-down view, but it's a lot more detailed. Yeah, yeah. It's Because, uh, yeah, when you're in the dungeon, it is quite a bit more detailed. And you're right. It is sort of like Final Fantasy when you're outside on the world map because you're just sort of this little tiny guy. And even when you go into towns and stuff, everything's tiny. But what kind of uh, is interesting to me and what I thought they did a really good job with is in order to add a lot of uh, kind of depth to the game and like the characters, when you talk to people that are important, whether it's the like the chief of the island, the, his sister, the like shaman, uh, eventually, you know, Dr. Jones. Uh, you know, etc. Uh, they it becomes this like like large, really detailed character sprite, like a portrait that you can talk to, and they kind of like move their mouths a bit and stuff. And so you know, it's it's fairly primitive as far as like you know, it was pretty early Nintendo. Well, maybe actually no, I guess it was a little bit more midlife Nintendo. Uh, but regardless, no, I I think that they did an awesome job showing like you know the the character models because you know if in like a lot of final fantasies you'll talk to someone especially the early ones and it's like oh i i'm having all these problems go here and do this and it's like all right nameless person fine fair enough but in this game you see what they look like you see like the worry on their face and you know it's i really like that yeah the art design in this is so cool and i think really advanced for the 90s i mean 1990 1990 uh the character detail when you're talking to these people is really good. Oh yeah, it, the, they did an amazing job. And what's interesting is like this wasn't one of the this wasn't the A or B team for Nintendo. This was R and D three. They mostly did hardware and like punch out. Like that's what they they were known for is punch out and some hardware. And so it's interesting that like this team made this game. And yeah, they they you know, I. Uh, uh, the director Genyo Takeda admitted that like he he was really inspired by Legend of Zelda, which is why you know the very opening uh, of the game when you enter in your name, you're essentially entering in uh, it into like the Legend of Zelda screen. You hit select a few times, you choose like choose a name, and it appears later. You know, so I mean like it, it's it's very clear Takeda was was very influenced by Legend of Zelda. Uh, but like you know, regardless, R and D three put this game together for America and they did an awesome job and it's kind of sad Japan didn't get it. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because you said Punch-Out and yeah, it's the same team. Uh, the designer was uh, Makoto Wada who did all most of the artwork for Punch-Out and Super Punch-Out for all the character designs. Oh. Um, and then he would eventually go on to be a script writer for Animal Crossings and Super Mario Sunshine. Wow, that's pretty neat. So yeah, it was uh, it, pretty much if you look at all the 
the people that worked on this game, it is just like the entire team carried over from Punch Out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I, I, it, it's, it, I mean, it essentially is R and D three. I, uh, you know, put that together and everything. I. Uh, uh, so there's a few uh, uh, little little nods and references I wanted to talk about. Uh, so the robot in the sub, the uh, who's called Navcom, mm-hmm. looks suspiciously like Rob the <laughs> robot, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, I'm ninety percent sure he's designed after Rob. Yeah, looks just like him. I. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to uh, talk about is you have your letter that came with Star Tropics. Yeah. Actually, let's save oh. that for a little bit. All right, so all right. we'll get into the story. Oh, sure. Uh, a bit more. Um, so you, you know, you cross all these islands. You get into uh, his sub sea, which is his submarine. You start traveling the world looking for for your uh, uncle, Doctor Jones. Yeah, yeah. and uh, eventually you get eaten by a whale in the game. Oh, that's right. And you come across your uncle's assistant, who you meet at the beginning of the game. He, when you go to get into the sub, he's like, "Hey, I'm your uh, your uncle's assistant." Uh, Babo, and he, he's like, you know, here's the sub. Uh, I kind of want to warn you, but uh, uh, never mind. And he doesn't tell you anything. So <laughs> uh, when you go into this whale, you actually run into him. Somehow he got eaten by the same whale. Uh huh. And he helps you escape, but he tells you, uh, you know, your uncle was actually he found this uh, spaceship, like the shuttle, mm-hmm. and he was worried something was going to happen to him. So he told he wanted me to tell you to put the letter in water. <laughs> and that's what it says in the game. And it doesn't give you much direction than that. It yeah, just kind of says it. put the letter in water. So if you were a kid who didn't have this manual and didn't have this letter, you were kind of stuck. Yeah, it's it, 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 a lot of uh, people have, have uh, thought that this was one of the Nintendo's anti-piracy methods for this video game yeah uh because you know uh, like back then uh, uh a lot like a lot of video game companies had to kind of think of weird quirky ways in order to get around video game piracy and uh sometimes it was like chips and sometimes it was you know like you know special special technology uh but other times like this and maybe it isn't maybe this is just a coincidence but like this is a way to prevent people from from bootlegging your game so what you do is you Take the letter mm-hmm. that's in the manual, you dip it in water, and it actually reveals a message. Yep. Secret message that says, Mike, I found a strange cipher in the last voyage. Since then, someone has been watching me. I put a tiny transmitter in my shoe. Its frequency is 747. Perhaps I worry too much, but better to be safe than sorry. And in the game, you can hunt down that transmitter by entering in the 747. Yeah. So the only options you would have is to go through every single series of numbers till you hit 747, <laughs> or uh, more than likely, probably find it in Nintendo Power or something. So my brother beat this game, and I remember sitting there watching him play it, and you know, uh-huh. I played it too, but I never beat it. He beat it. And when I was looking for this manual in the letter, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll find the letter dipped in water. And uh-huh. it, my copy isn't dipped in water. So, yeah, it made me wonder as I'm doing research, like, I wonder how we beat this. Now, is once it's been dipped, does it always show the message? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it like bleeds into it. OK. I was wondering if maybe after it dries, you can no longer see it. I mean, it. I can feel this. It doesn't feel like it was ever wet. Okay. It's pretty stiff. I gotcha. But uh, but yeah, it was probably something like we found it in a guide. Uh-huh. I mean, the internet wasn't around. No. You can you can just Google. <laughs> no. Nowadays, you sure can. Uh, and in fact, uh, uh, interesting enough, the uh, in uh, the uh, 
NES Classic? Yeah, not even the NES Classic, the Wii version. The Wii Virtual Console version of Star Tropics, because you can look through the manual that they offer, uh, you know, that they include with it. And the the note is in that. And it shows, like, and it like lets you click a button and it shows you dip it in a bucket of water and then it shows you the code. Oh, that's cool. Because I know in the NES Classic, you can pull up the manual too. It has like a link to pull up all the manuals for the games. Yeah, are, yeah, it's like a like a QR code or whatever you can scan and it brings it up. But now Star Tropics is available on Nintendo Online, and they they don't have a link for the manual. I can only imagine. Actually, you know what? I could be crazy, but I almost want to say in the description of the game they might mention it there. Oh, okay. I, I would have to double check that. I, don't quote me on that one. But at the very least, everyone has the internet now. Right. You know, so I mean, it's it's not as big of a deal, but it is kind of funny. Uh, so something we didn't mention is mm-hmm. this game's actually broken, broke up into chapters. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's eight chapters, uh, and it always kind of gives like a little detailed message about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game has autosave. Yeah, that it's pretty nice. Was there a game that had autosave before this? Autosave. Uh, not that I can think of. Because after uh, every chapter, after every like... Uh, it would do it after every cave too. Yeah, every dungeon. Yep. Um, it would do an autosave, and that's how you know that was your save file. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, so few games had that back then. Now, like few, every game, few has games it. even had like a like a, the chip. To I mean, save Legend it, yeah. of Zelda was the first one to have the chip inside the oh the, yeah the board. I mean, you're talking four years later, and we got autosave. Like this, I don't know. It just blows my mind. And it, well, it blows my mind only because of the fact that it's not like every other game had saved by that point. You know, save those save chips. I think cost the Nintendo quite a bit, and so they really tried to avoid it. Especially a lot of third party games wouldn't bother putting them in because it was just like, ah, here's passwords, and it would like fill up the screen with like a million characters or whatever, yeah. like River City Ransom. <laughs> uh, I so I I so. Let's let's keep chatting about the plot a little bit. So okay. so as time goes by, Mike figures out that, you know, his like his uncle is like or, or not his uncle his or I'm sorry. Yeah, his uncle has found artifacts or, or knows of artifacts that, you know, are like essentially linked to this like alien. And this evil alien named Zoda mm-hmm. is is basically like, you know, being a big jerk. And so uh, Mike has to like go onto the spaceship and find these like uh, weird artifacts. They're, they're chambers is what it was. The three chambers, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the, the three, whatever three collectibles are in the final dungeon. So right before you meet your uncle, you pass by this like kind of crumbled up, burnt up pod mm-hmm. with three holes in it. That's right. And when you get to your uncle, he's like, oh, no, that's like an escape pod from, oh, I think I wrote it in here somewhere. It, it's a... Uh, an alien planet. Argonia? Yep, Argonia. And it's these children, these Argonians, who were escaping from Zoda. Mm-hmm. And the three, the three chambers have them in it. Yeah, so you have to go collect them in the final dungeon. These like these last three MacGuffins, basically. Yeah, and so you go to the final space, uh, the Zoda spaceship. You defeat Zoda. You get these like three final pieces. And yeah, the at the end of the game, which is so weird and also very reminiscent of Earthbound in that it involves aliens mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I uh, you save these Argonian children, and they're like kind of like they look similar to like elves. You know, they, they have like the pointed ears. Uh, but yeah, at the end, you uh, uh, you stop a race from going extinct, essentially. Yeah. And uh, uh, 
at the end of the game, they like, you know, thank you and, and you're going to, you know, uh, or they're going to stay on the island and stuff. Uh, I just have to comment, though, mm-hmm. like the, the image that they show of these children. One of these kids <laughs> looks like he might have fell on his head a couple times. They, some of the kids look a little goofy. <laughs> There's this kid who's just like got his mouth open and his head tilted back. He's just like <laughs> looking straight up. Like like all the other kids are looking at you like, oh, thank you so much for saving us. This one kid's just like, uh. The, that that Argonian uh, didn't have a seat belt. He kind of got bounced oh, around no. in the shuttle a bit. Uh, but man, yeah, the uh, uh, it's such a weird, not a twist ending necessarily. I would say it's just such a weird ending uh, that, like, you know, at the at the end, you save these kids, and like, you know, Doctor Jones is like, oh, the the chief is is such a good guy. He'll let you stay here. The chief's like, yeah, man. Yeah, what's seven more kids? You know, we'll we'll feed you whatever. <laughs> and at the end, Mike's like. Uh, who wants to go fishing? Yeah. <laughs> and then they all go fishing. And it shows like uh, uh throughout the, the credits, it shows like cutscenes, uh, uh, which I thought was another really great uh, way of showing off the art in the game. It shows different scenes of him going throughout the game, like fighting different monsters, going yep. through dungeons, meeting different friends. I. Uh, like uh, uh, you know, his dolphin friend who he meets early on and then gets saved by later. Uh, it's almost like as if they had like fan art. Like, you know, someone did, because it's completely different than the other drawings in the game. You know, it's different than the character designs. Um, And actually, another thing about it, it's kind of like the manual art. The manual art has, like, a different style. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was the same team that did that, that That did these ending credits. But yeah, it like shows him running away from a boulder, which was very Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, And But yeah, every almost every boss fight, it has, like, this cool art drawing of him battling this creature. I thought that was really cool. And you get through all the pictures... And then at the end of the slideshow, it's Mike Jones with a couple of bananas, and then he sticks them in his ear? Yeah. What was I don't, that all about? I don't know if that's a reference to something. So for any of our listeners, if you know what that is in reference to, by all means, let us know, because it is really goofy, and like I've seen that picture like on video game websites and stuff just because it's so outlandish. I just don't know what it's in reference to. I mean, there's a lot of goofy things in this, that's true. In this game. Like, uh, there's a stage... Where uh, you get to this female, all female castle. Oh yeah, and it won't let you win because you're you're a man. Uh huh. So you find this fortune teller who's kind of like off to the side, and she's like, "Oh, if you give me this item, I can help you get into the castle." Yeah. And she dresses you up like a woman. <laughs> I forgot all about so that. So you go and uh, and you go into the castle, and you meet the leader, the queen, and she asks for your name, and you're like, "It's Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Michelle." <laughs> <laughs> And then she says later, she's like, your voice is very strong like a man. And you cough. And she goes, oh, you must have a cold. <laughs> That's pretty great. Even if the because I feel like the the unlike a lot of other games of, of the era, they really tried to, to appeal with humor, which is funny because sometimes Japanese humor doesn't come across to like an American audience very well. Yeah. Sometimes it comes off as a little weird. And I mean, I'm super into anime and stuff. So like I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it and stuff, but I can definitely see sometimes when it doesn't. And you would think that like, yeah, well, then again, it worked for Cloud and Final Fantasy seven. So, you know, who am I to judge? I. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's just tons of, of just really cool stuff to this game. I uh, and I. Uh, uh, before we dive into the music, though, uh, Glitch, uh, I did want to ask, what kind of speed running information do you have uh, uh, for Star Tropics? Um, so, I got, yeah, I got a list of glitches, bugs, oh, uh, things yeah. like that, that kind of go with the speed running. 
Um, one of them is the first boss you fight. It's like a large serpent. Yeah, yeah, the big snake. Um, if you stand on the front tile, get hit by him, and then jump forward, you can just walk right by him. Oh, really? Yep. So you just face through him and keep moving. Yeah, you just jump into him. You use your iframes, which is your invisibility frames, to be on top of him and just start walking forward to the next screen. That's funny. You just pass right by him. That's that's really great. Um, the mm-hmm. uh, the other glitch and bug that I found. Um, actually, we'll talk about that in the music. But for oh. the speed running, there is an any percent by uh, Falco, not mm-hmm. Falco the singer. Falco. Falco. Okay. Uh, and did you want to give a guess? So eight chapters. You know, there isn't really. I mean, that is kind of the only skip in the game okay the skipping the first boss i don't know maybe about three hours three and a half hours uh it's an hour four minutes wow yep and what's crazy is the top three spots are within four seconds of Ooh. each other so people are definitely trying to, to top this and yeah. just coming close it kind of just seems like yeah everyone gets real close because i don't know if there's just not not much time to save like it's just kind of defeating enemies in a room a little bit quicker than the other person yeah i guess so i mean because the the tanky controls probably don't make that very easy and this i mean when you're jumping from those platforms mm-hmm. there's no way to save time not really no i mean i guess technically like you can just make sure that you're not wasting any time but like not really you can't really save much more time than they already are right now i'm sure yeah uh is there like a hundred percent as well so there's no hundred percent because i mean any percent is just the oh right just yeah, to beat yeah. the game yeah there was there was a category for each chapter, but those were blank. So it, there is a chapter for the dungeons. So it's mm-hmm. like the first, how long it takes you to beat the first dungeon. That's like a you know a minute something. Wow, only a minute. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you walk into the village, you talk to like three people, and then. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, if you know exactly what to do, you'll fly through it. Um, but then there's yeah, there's a dungeon section which is blank. So that that was all they had for the speed running. Hmm. Okay. Uh, anything else before we uh, get into the music? Uh, no, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, uh, so do, when did you play this game? Like, do you remember? Uh, you know, honestly, I never really got into Star Tropics until years later with like emulation and then the Nintendo Classic. And uh, uh, I first played it on the, at least first played it at length in the Wii Virtual Console. And that's because when I was a kid and I would go through the video store, I would stop, look at Star Tropics and be like, what is this, a puzzle game? <laughs> and then I'd walk off. It was just like, uh, and don't be wrong, the art is is really pretty on the cover art to Star Tropics. It's, it's honestly probably one of my favorite cover arts for a Nintendo game at this point. But back when I was a kid, I didn't know what it was. It was like the, the Tale of Island Adventure or something on the, the cover. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know if I feel like a puzzle game. And yeah, I'd walk it, off. It's a little misleading because I always thought the name kind of made it sound more like a spaceship shooter. Well, you're not super far off. <laughs> it does involve space. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the 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 cover for the game just shows like a you know constellation and like mm-hmm. an starry island. night yep. and an island. Yeah. And so in my head, I was always like, oh, this is just you know like you go you know it's a shooter in space, just like you know any other like defender or anything like that. <laughs> did you did you think the island part made was it like <laughs> was it that it had calypso music? It was a space shooter with calypso. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, of course. All right. No, I I mean I figured. I uh, Yeah, so that was that was my first experience and yours was watching your brother beat it. We I think he got it for a birthday or a Christmas. Uh it okay. was definitely his game. And uh I played it a little bit as a kid growing up, but it was mostly just me watching him play. Yeah. And then when we got the second one, that was that was my copy. I see. I played through most of the second one. 
Gotcha, gotcha. So we'll make sure that uh, we got to have you on for the uh, second one then. We'll, we will do it for sure. <laughs> At some point. Hope, so long as I don't think, oh, I'm pretty sure we did that game and just, you know, skip over it. I. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, take a break, listen to a word from our sponsors, and we'll get into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, so the music for this game uh, is very good. I really like the music. It was composed by a Yoshio Hirai, uh, who worked on this game and Star Tropics 2, Zoda's Revenge. And 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 that's about it. Yeah, that's all that he did. Yeah. I, 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 the thing is, is like sometimes finding the games that some of these composers do is very difficult because a lot of the times they're not credited. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just sort of like they did it, but they didn't get credited. They didn't like nobody ever brought it up again. So like who knows if they like who did these certain games. And so like there was another Japanese game that I found, but like I, I couldn't find any info on that game. So I like I had no way of knowing for sure. It was it was it. It, sometimes it's really frustrating finding info on some of these composers, and sometimes that takes me the most amount of time looking into this stuff. But in this case, I just found nothing. Like it was just those two games, and that was it. I didn't even see that he worked on uh, Punch Out or anything. No, he didn't. Uh, it makes you wonder, like maybe he was using a different name that earlier in his career, and then finally was like, oh, you know, I want I want to start getting credited for this stuff. Sometimes though, some of these composers they they do a few games, and like that was it. I uh, I uh, the there's a Nintendo game called Gimmick. Uh, which had a special chip in, so the music was a lot better than most other Nintendo games. I, I think we've talked about it on this show before. And I actually saw an interview with the guy, and after that game, he just like was done. He just stopped doing music, and he like never composed another video game ever. And it's sort of sad because, like, you know, I would have loved to have seen this guy move on to a like with Super Nintendo hardware and stuff, and like you know, advance and stuff, and keep making video game music because some of this music is solid. Yeah. But mm-hmm. some of the music has issues with it. Oh? Yeah. So uh, we're going to actually play the uh, overworld theme right now. And uh, in the song, you're going to hear in the background uh, an accompaniment that's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And then it just stops. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and give it a listen first, and then we'll uh, uh, go from there. We're going to go ahead and uh, listen to the overworld music for Star Tropics. It's up right there. I don't know if anyone heard it.
then I don't know if you guys heard there at the end, it came back. Weird. But if you keep listening to the track, the the one we have file isn't that as long. But it's it's off. It's off beat from the rest of the song. Oh, so, that's super weird. So I did some research on this. Apparently, songs could only hold 250 bytes of music per channel. Mm-hmm. But the song this song uses 394 way more than what was allowed oh so what happens is the accompaniment hits that level kind of like fades out uh i think it's like 30 seconds in you're like a doo-doo and it just kind of stops uh-huh because it can't go any further the rest of the music plays this song 30 seconds later resets the accompaniment oh. resets itself but and, off and starts playing again uh, yeah off from the rest of the song weird and doesn't doesn't go with the beat of the melody interesting i that is super weird i i didn't quite catch that but now that you've pointed it out now i can i can hear that so there's a there's a youtuber that i found because mm-hmm. i mean i didn't find this all myself i'm not a programmer <laughs> uh-huh. uh he's the one who who noticed this and fixed it so he actually mm. went into the program itself corrected the music so it's fit into that 256 byte range Oh, nice. And you can actually download <laughs> the perfect and update version. the ROM if you wanted the perfect music. And actually, in the in the ending theme, there the bass has the same issue. Weird. That's so weird. So it makes me wonder. Maybe this the composer just wasn't actually a video game composer. Like they're like, hey, we need someone to to do this music. And he's like, uh, I'll do it. You know what? You're probably right. Like he might have been like a programmer. That was just kind of filling in because they needed someone to help out. I mean, not to discredit this gentleman. I mean, for all I know, he's a great, you know, music composer. But that's my theory is that he might not have been familiar with the program, built, made these songs, and then that's why he has no other credits. You know, that could very well be. What's interesting to me, though, is the fact that it's not like this this game's music comes off as like, like, you know, like crummy or anything like that. Like, the music is very good. This music is probably... Top twenty NES game for me. I, I would I would think I would agree with that. Yeah. It, it is a very good soundtrack, and and it's interesting because like there's so many like tracks in this that like you know like the dungeon music is so good, and so many dungeon themes are like bland or scary or or just like kind of mundane. And like in this game, it's kind of kind of great, you know. I, I so we'll we'll definitely give the uh, more of these tracks a listen. Uh, but I uh, glitch, uh, you wanted to uh, listen to the title theme, uh, right? Yeah, it's a short short song, but a really cool melody. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, uh, give the title theme a quick listen as we uh, go through here. It's really cool. I uh, so I uh, we've listened to the title in the overworld. I uh, I have uh, uh well actually before we listen to the dungeon song, you also wanted to listen to uh, in the cockpit of Sub C, the super submarine. Yeah. So every time you go into the submarine uh, and you see Rob the robot, <laughs> you mean that <Navcom. laughs> Navi? Uh, it plays this song, which is really cool. And sometimes I remember uh, as a kid. My brother would just sit and be like, let's listen to the song a little bit longer. 
your, your brother is very similar to me because there were plenty of times when I was a kid, I would just be like, yeah, I, I think I'm just going to set the controller down for a minute and just listen to the music. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen uh, to In the Cockpit of Sub C. song I, I love that song so much it's very tropical yeah a lot of the music in this game has that tropical calypso-y kind of vibe Go figure yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so uh the final song we have here for you uh is actually gonna probably be a little bit familiar yeah. it is the dungeon theme from star tropics uh also known as the test of island courage and uh, why is that familiar craig well, it's familiar because this is a song I chose for our NES music bracket. Uh, what, last season? Season three? Yep, it would have been last season. Yeah. So how, did, how did that do, by the way? Uh, not as good as it should have. What did it go against? Uh, it lost in the first round. <sighs> but, uh, but it lost to Mega Man 2, the winner. Okay, that's it, it, you know. So what? you could argue that it's the second best song in the in the bracket. <laughs> second best Nintendo song of all time. I'm standing by it. <laughs> I uh, so yeah so this is the dungeon theme and I I would at least make the claim that it is probably the greatest dungeon music of any any video game ooh well maybe not any video ooh. game maybe any Nintendo video game though. I mean that's still a really hard one to sell you know what though I don't know let's give it a listen. <laughs> music on the Nintendo. It's definitely different than any dungeon theme you'll hear. Oh, it absolutely is. And I think that's why I like it so much is because it's really upbeat and like, you know, like even Legend of Zelda, which has great music and and very good dungeon music, very fitting dungeon music. It just, I don't know, it like it just sort of like it's there to unnerve you. But like here it's kind of like, yeah, I can do this. Like, yeah, I, I'm a champion. You know, it really <laughs> makes you feel like you're the star pitcher for a Seattle baseball team when you're 15 years old. Oh, man. 
Just like that. Yep. <laughs> Just like that. So, uh, so that's the music for Star Tropics, which is uh, uh, just so good. Uh, but uh, uh, Glitch, before we uh, uh, jump into our retro relapse and kind of you know close things out for Star Tropics, is there any kind of like final thoughts you have on uh, the game here? This game has the element of of of, of showing you that the manual and everything. <laughs> has a big deal like it, it, it this is something that we we're not going to have ever again because no. games don't even come with manuals anymore no they don't so it was almost like you know you have this letter and it's like oh okay there's this insert with this letter that's cool mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and then you find out how you know almost all the way through the game this is part of the game like it's actual piece of solving the puzzles uh-huh. like you need this so uh, that's the lasting impact of this game is the fact that we, you know, it, this was cool. Oh, absolutely! And we don't get this anymore. No, we don't. It's uh, uh it's it, to me, Star Tropics is, and you know, of course, you're absolutely correct about the 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 manual and all the kitschy kind of like you know cool stuff that kind of came with that. But like, this is one of those weird slices of Americana. That we get out of Japan, it's that like view of America from a foreign country, yeah. And and I, I there's just something incredibly charming and endearing about that because it's not as if it's like you know you talk to the first townsperson they're like I'm a stupid American, <laughs> you know. It's it's not like it's insulting. It's not like it's like you know. It's not like it's it's you know like it's a little pandering, but it's not so bad and not so heavy handed that you can't subtle. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very like much like Earthbound, there's that charm to it where it's like, man, like the like the these people from across the ocean who who only know us from like movies and like, you know, little bits and pieces of like songs and stuff, this is how they've imagined us. And there's something incredibly just heartwarming about the fact that like it still comes off as fun and and you know like like you know kind of cool and exciting and yeah stuff. there's a lot of charm to this yeah game. absolutely uh so I, I that's that's sort of the big kind of takeaway that i have and and i mean you know nowadays you can play star tropics on not only the nintendo classic but also the nintendo's online service on the switch yeah uh you know so make sure especially if you have your subscription to nintendo and it's just sort of sitting there anyway give star tropics a try you know it's the tank style controls are gonna throw you off but just give them a little bit of time and i think you'll get used to them and i think you'll really enjoy yeah i think once you finish the first dungeon you'll fall in love with the game yeah absolutely you know it's exploring around finding like the heart pieces and stuff it's especially if you're a fan of legend of zelda i think that you're really going to get a kick out of star tropics i agree so if you're an american and you love legend <laughs> of zelda give it a shot uh but uh i tell you what let's let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse for today jones in for a classic game it's time for retro relapse on the legend of retro podcast <laughs> So, Glitch, you you've you've been throwing lately a lot of a lot of crummy games at us, but this time around you didn't really do that. No, this is actually I consider probably one of the hidden gems of the PlayStation. This is Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster, and when I saw that you were putting in a licensed game about Jackie Chan for us, I was like, oh my god, what movie was this? <laughs> yeah, it's usually a bad sign. Oh god, so many so many licensed games are so crummy. Like, especially when you start moving away from, like, Nintendo. Like, you know, you get to Nintendo, and like, you know, there's some crummy licensed games there, but there's a lot of gems. Super Nintendo, it's really good, and like, oh man, a lot of these licensed games are pretty solid. You know, some of these cartoon games and stuff like that. 
And then you kind of get into like the next generation and there's so many shovelware cash grabs. PlayStation had a lot of shovelware, unfortunately, much like the Wii did. Whatever star system of the time gets a lot of crap thrown at it. Yeah, like you have, I think, uh, The Grinch Stole Christmas was a video game on the PlayStation. <laughs> and then when you get Dr. into the... Seuss is rolling I, over I feel in his like grave. when you get into the PlayStation 2, it's even more prevalent. You have, yeah. like, the Lord of the Ring games and stuff. And well, and so many of them are just not done very well, yeah. you know? like I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that all licensed games after Super Nintendo are all bad. Clearly not when we see this. Uh, but, I, but yeah, no, they, they start getting worse and worse, and they become an easier cash grab for people. You know, slap Harry Potter's name on it, throw it out the door, bam, we're good, you know? But I, but Jackie Chan Stuntmaster is is a pretty fun little beat-em-up. Yeah, it's a platformer slash beat-em-up. Because you do have to, you know, jump to areas, and it has like the whole like cliff, gra- uh, ed- you know, like um, what ledge grab. Yeah, yeah. So that was a cool element. The beat 'em up's very fun. The commentary is hilarious because it is Jackie Chan who pro- I'm assuming it's Jackie Chan who provides the voice. If not, it's a great impersonator. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, 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 I believe it should have, I believe it was Jackie Chan, but I mean, it could have been an impersonator. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they are. I. Uh, but yeah, it's it's sort of like it's kind of weird. And this is going to be like I, I feel like this is going to like, you know, just put me on the spotlight. And this is going to be a little embarrassing because this should be a cartoon that was a little after my time. But the Jackie Chan Adventure cartoon that was like on WB back in the day, it was like, you know, probably like mid, like I think late 90s or something, maybe even early 2000s. It reminded me almost of that where it's just sort of this kind of goofy because like in this game, it's like what Jackie Chan's grandfather has been kidnapped. And uh, and that sort of reminded me of J- like this Jackie Chan adventure cartoon where it's like Jackie Chan's sort of like an everyman, but he also is incredibly powerful martial artist yeah. and beats the crap out of everybody. <laughs> and I feel like that's one really cool thing is they did is whether it was to appeal to Jackie Chan's ego or not, I don't know. But Jackie Chan is, feels powerful to use. Like he doesn't feel weak. There are so many games like when you play like Another beat em up I can think of that's real crummy is Captain America and the Avengers on mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. Yeah. You don't feel like a superhero. All the robots are beating the tar out of you and like you can't get up and they just like rush you and like you just don't feel like a superhero. But you feel like Jackie Chan in this. Jumping around, kicking people, throwing them around. It's great. It, it it feels very, very fun. And very cool levels too. I think in the first or second level, there's a truck that chases you. Oh, yeah, I think that was the first level, I was think. It? Yeah. And, yeah, you have to run away from it in the style kind of like uh, if you've ever played Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast where that truck. Oh, Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, Escape from the, the City. One? Okay. Escape from the City. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's the exact. I mean, it's essentially a copy from it. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But it's really cool. I mean, I, I think that the platforming is very smooth. Mm-hmm. The whole world is interactive. Like there's, there's a scene where you guys were playing and it's like this awning. And you guys kicked the legs out of the awning, and it fell into the enemies. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it like there's a lot of fun stuff to this game, and uh, it, it's definitely one of the games that I kind of wish I had a bit more time with, because like, you know, and not necessarily because it's like, well, I don't, I don't really have a full on answer, but like, I just wish I had more time to play because it was fun to play, and so few of our retro relapses <laughs> have been fun lately. I'll throw a good one in there, as you can see. Every so often we get a good one. So what do you give this on the 8-bit scale? I think on the 8-bit scale, I'm going to give this a, uh, like a, 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 I think a 6 out of 8. Uh, 
not because it's necessarily like just I just feel like it is above average. And uh, I mean, there, there are so many beat em ups out there that are, are so good. But like, I, I think it may, maybe even a six and a half out of eight, I'll say. Uh, what about you? Glitch? What I'm you? a little bit higher. I'm, I'm at a seven, seven out of eight. Okay. And I think it's mainly just the fact that the the commentary that Jackie Chan <laughs> does in this game, it's so cheesy, but I love it. It's like uh, like I know there's a fish that you can use to attack an enemy like uh-huh. there's this giant fish on a stove uh-huh. and it's like if he gets hit he's like oh you know this is fishy stuff going on like kind of <laughs> kind of things like that like <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because like Jackie Chan is incredibly charming he has a lot of charisma like I don't know of anybody who dislikes Jackie Chan you might not like his movies much you might not be a huge fan of him but I don't think I know of anybody who dislikes Jackie Chan yeah he's so nice, so kind. You, you can tell that in person in his interviews. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's so. very down to earth. I uh, uh, I especially love the interview he did where he uh, uh, got hit by Bruce Lee and hammed it up and made it seem like he was hurt worse so that Bruce Lee would hold him. Oh, I never seen that. Yeah, Jackie Chan was in. Uh, he was an extra in one of uh, Bruce Lee's movies, and Bruce Lee like got a good hit in on him. Jackie Chan said he's like, you know, he, he was fairly tough. He's, you know, he's like doing these like, you know, stunts and stuff. So he was OK. But like he really, really made it seem like he was hurt. So that like Bruce Lee would like hold him because he was so, so uh, enthralled by Bruce Lee and how cool he was, uh, which I just thought was kind of amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's he's a uh, seems like a great guy. But uh, yeah, Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. It's absolutely worth a look for the PlayStation one. I uh, but I tell you what, Glitch, I think it's time we jump into our uh, opening music bracket. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting close here. This is <laughs> the second part of the final four. Yeah, so this is it's coming down to the wire, and it's getting harder and harder to make choices. So I uh, I uh, first up we have uh, what I almost consider one of our dark horses oh, yeah. of the the competition. I didn't think it would go this far. I love the song. Don't get me wrong, but it's currently going against a Titan. So we're going to see how this goes. First up, we have the opening to Donkey Kong Country, which was, of course, composed by David Wise, Evelyn Fisher and Robin uh, Robin Beanland. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, give it a listen. Yeah. to pick that song right yeah but the the path it's gone through to get here 
it's faced some really good competition. It really has. It's it's very interesting to see uh, just how, like what songs it's gone against and and how people have voted. Uh, you know, so so let's let's see here though, because it's going against the 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 legend of legends, the legend of Zelda. Yeah, the Juggernaut. It, it is. It is definitely a Juggernaut of this competition for sure. Composed, of course, by Koji Kondo. The master himself, Nintendo's golden boy. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right on in and uh, give a listen to uh, The Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda's opening, <laughs> short and sweet, and composed in a day. I'm uh, I'm happy with this week's matchup because they're both my pick. I have a shoe in for the finals, Craig. A shoe in. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> so glad for you. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes, yes. glad for you, Glitch. Yeah. So glad. I know you. I know you're rooting for for chops there. I know. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? Uh, I guess you're the lesser of evils. Go glitch. Uh, so I, uh, for everyone who's listening in, uh, if you'd like to be able to vote on our opening music bracket or any other future brackets, make sure to join us on our Facebook page where you get a vote there. There's also a vote on our Twitter page. Uh, you can also go to, uh, let's see, Discord. our Discord, yep. of course. You know, If you uh, join our Discord uh, and you're a member there, you get a vote there. And... There's even a bonus vote each week for our patrons. So there's four ways to vote uh, each and every week. Make sure that you join our uh, Patreon page. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, not only do you get the retro relapse videos we put out early, like for uh, Jackie Chan Stuntmaster, uh, you get those on Sunday when they release on Thursday. But every Thursday you're going to have those uh, when the votes go live. We have uh, voting there for patrons. And to top it off, uh, you also get once per month a uh, special bonus episode for a uh, fancy little show on Patreon that we call Game Shark, uh, where we uh, delve into different topics, go over uh, an assortment of things. I believe uh, uh, the episode for this month is going to be us talking about uh, video game manuals, right? Yeah, we had Denite from the Gamezilla podcast on with us Mm -hmm. for a few episodes. And uh, we did a Patreon episode with him as well where, we, yeah, he brought some game manuals that he had just recently got in yeah. a garage sale. Mm-hmm. 
and we flipped through the ones that we had as well and talked about all the cool artwork and uh, yeah. instructions and the story and I mean, just like Star Tropics, all the stuff that you don't get anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, uh, it, it, honestly, that might have been one of the most fun episodes we've done yeah, so that far. Was a lot of fun. It was. I, I honestly feel like we may end up going back to instruction manuals at some point. We got to do. Uh, we got to do the box art next. Is what we got to do. Box yeah. art's a good one. Yeah, we got to do that at some point. <sighs> There's so many things to talk about when it comes to classic video games. But that's why you should become a patron, so you can listen to these great episodes. Yeah, for just five dollars a month, you get access to our bonus episodes. Uh, and that's a bonus episode each month. And that's not just for Legend of Retro. If you're also a fan of the GameZilla show to get your video game news, you have bonus content there. Last Action Podcast. You know, we have a bunch of different shows uh, as well as uh, some others that I'm on, like Noiseland Arcade and Noobs and Dragons. Fancy you, Craig. Also, Mr. GameZilla Podcast. Also, not to brag too much here, but uh, if you're a fan of retro video gaming, make sure to join me specifically Craig WK uh, at twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK because I'm playing retro video games uh, about five days a week. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a little more. And I mean, you're doing RPGs, you're doing platformers, adventure platformers, games. Yeah. Because you've already gone through Link to the Past. Mm hmm. You just finished up um, at this time. What Mega Man 7 and yep. Chrono Trigger. Chrono I just Trigger, finished. You just finished it. Yeah. Uh, the day before we recorded. Yeah, so uh, uh, if you're a fan of my voice, uh, make sure to check that out. You can also see all those old uh, uh, episodes in the like video like section. You can go see the old streams there. Uh, but definitely join me on there. Follow me. Make sure to uh, join on in. And uh, I even occasionally will do bonus streams because uh, uh, Glitch joined me for a Saturday night stream where uh, I basically just played SimCity. SimCity, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> just, I kind of wanted just to... Uh, really I, relaxing I gotta game. say I'm uh -huh. extremely surprised you didn't just build the city and just murder everyone or have we not gone to that yet? We that is something for the future. Oh, glitch. Okay. I didn't want to. I, uh, I guess I think I, I spoiled something right there. I, no, 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 no. It's no spoiler <laughs> to think that Craig's going to utterly annihilate a city of people. That's what Craig's do. Uh, so uh, in a future stream, uh, probably another bonus one. I'm gonna make sure to finish building the city. We're gonna let that population rise as high as it'll go. Oh dear God! And then terrible disasters are gonna strike. Horrible things. So make sure to join me on twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK uh, in order to get more of me. Uh, and then uh, you also have the uh, Legend of Retro crew who uh, I, have, I found are frequently jumping in and watching my streams and hanging out with me. So you can hang out and chat with us on there. As, of course, also with the Discord. Uh, but uh, aside from that glitch, I think it's about time we wrap things up. Let's do it. I think uh, we'll catch you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.